This is Partners in Practice, a weekly series dedicated to the evolving field of the advanced practice clinician. Here is your host physician assistant, Lisa DeAndre Linnell. When author Stephen King needs some gruesome details for one of his horror stories, he calls on physician assistant Russell Dorr, the man behind the gore. Russ has devoted his 37-year PA career to the practice of family medicine. And for 35 of those years, he's also been the gore specialist for author Stephen King. Russ is here today to tell us about his experience as a researcher and medical advisor for author Stephen King. Hi, Russ. Welcome to Partners in Practice. Thank you very much. How are you today, Lisa? I am great, Russ. Good. I tell you, I read about your story, and I was just so intrigued by this. We hear about PAs wearing so many different kinds of hats and doing so many things. This sounds like a really fun hat to wear. Believe me, it's been a great ride. It's a tremendous amount of fun, and it is really quite a thrill when you live vicariously through this author and see your words and ideas down on a book. I'm sure. Well, tell us about how your relationship with Stephen King started. It sounds like it started off a bit gory. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it was back in 74. I was in a family practice in Maine. The docs that I worked with, there were two, were both in hospital that morning, and Steve came in as a patient. And it was interesting because it was the second patient I'd had that morning who filled out their patient contact chart and listed their occupation as author. The first one was a woman who was trying to write a children's book, and the second one was Steve. And he was there because he was very ill with food poisoning. And uh, I said, oh, it says here you're an author. He says, yeah, he says, I've written a book. Have you heard of it? And I said, well, what is it? He says, it's called Carrie. And it's about a girl who can set things on fire. And I said, no, I haven't heard that. And he says, yeah, and I've got a second book coming out shortly called Salem's Lot. And I said, what's that about? He says, well, that's about vampires in a small main town. (laughs) And okay, (laughs) so what brings you in today? (laughs) So that was the first contact. So how do you go from treating food poisoning to being his medical advisor? (laughs) Well, I saw Steve a couple times in the office after that, and we just chatted. I mean, they were a new family in town. They had two kids at the time, and I had actually gone back to college, University of Maine. I was going nights. I was working full-time days and uh, going nights to get my bachelor's degree because back when I went through PA training at Dartmouth Medical School in uh, the early 70s, It was prior medical experience that they were looking for. I was ex-military Navy corpsman from the Vietnam War era. And I was taking this English course on American writers. So he's a published American writer. And I thought, oh, this would be great to have for an evening's discussion. And checked with my teacher. And then I asked Steve if he'd like to uh, give a talk on writing. And he said, sure, he'd be happy to. So Who knew? Yeah, who knew? And I thought, geez, I'd better read at least one of his books (laughs) if I'm going to have him come for a talk. So I read uh, Salem's Lot and really got kind of hooked on it. It was a great story. My wife read it, and it scared her to death. (laughs) (laughs) Well, your first book with King was The Stand, which is one of my all-time favorite books. I still talk about the spread of the virus that knocks out 99% of the population, and that made the whole book for me. What was your contribution to that virus? 
Well, it was after his talk, and we met one day, and I thanked him for giving the talk. And he said, oh, you're more than welcome. He says, and I wonder if you could help me. And I said, yeah, sure, I'll try. He says, I'm writing this book about a virus that's going to kill out about 97, 99% of the population. I wonder if you could read it and give me some ideas. Of course, going to college nights, I said to him, I don't have time to read fiction. <laughs> Go figure. I said, you tell me what you need to know, and I'll get you the information. So I got some information together with him on viruses and how they act and don't act. And uh, we met a couple times at his home, and he uh, took the information, made the outline for it, and that's how the Captain Trip virus was born. That was fantastic. And in 1994, The Stand was made into a TV miniseries, and the director, John Landis, just happened to play a character named Russ Dorr. Any relationship there? (laughs) (laughs) Steve called me. They were filming it at the time. I've seen a little bit of how movies are made, and I know a lot of things are written on the fly and changed around. And he gave me a call one night, and he said, Russ, I'm going to put you in this story, The Stand. Do you have any problem with that? I said, no, not at all. And that was the only reference to it ahead of time. I'm just glad that you didn't play Randall Flagg. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm afraid that would have destroyed my image with my We patient. wouldn't have been here today. <laughs> no. <laughs> so let's talk about misery. Anyone who's read that book or saw the movie will never forget the character of Annie. And you have a little personal involvement with that character, Annie. Tell us about that. That was back in the days when Steve would write the story, give me the manuscript, I'd read it, and put in corrections, suggestions, changes, etc. And we worked on a fictional narcotic, also ways to hobble our main character by amputating some parts of his foot. They changed that in the movie with an ankle fracture, how to cauterize the wound. And we were having supper that night. Steve and Tabby were over for supper, and my wife had read the manuscript. And my wife actually came up with the greatest idea, and she was a cardiac nurse, and she said, you know, Steve, if you have this guy die at the beginning of the book and then have Annie Wilkes give him CPR and give him back his life, she owns him forever. And Steve just loved that. I mean, he liked it so much. He stopped eating and made notes. That's how much he liked it. And then years later, we were at a party in New York at Tavern on the Green. It was the 25th anniversary of the publication of his first book. And my wife ran into Kathy Bates and and said, Steve tells me I'm not the Annie Wilkes, but I was the one who gave him all that great stuff that you did in the movie. And Kathy was very gracious and said that she had another second career in film, all because of Stephen's books. Absolutely. That's fantastic. So let's talk about the latest release, Under the Dome. Give us a little setup of the storyline. Well, the story takes place in a small main town that is suddenly cut off from the rest of the world with this invisible dome. There's a little bit of air that gets through, but people cannot penetrate it. Acids can't penetrate it. Atom bombs can't penetrate it. It's talking about how these people survive inside this dome. When Steve talked about the idea, he thought it was going to be 
over a period of months, but as the story went along, it ended up being over a period of days. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Partners in Practice on ReachMD XM160, the channel for medical professionals. I'm PA Lisa DeAndre Linnell, and I'm speaking with physician assistant Russ Dorr, researcher and medical advisor for author Stephen King. And we're talking about their latest release, Under the Dome. So, Russ, in this book, you did much more than medical research like you've done in the past. You designed an atom bomb, a B-52 cruise missile, and you even became an expert in the making of crack cocaine. We all know crack kills. This is all very useful information, but not so medical. So was it your idea to take on this larger role? No, actually, Steve called and asked me if I wanted to do that. And this was the change because this was the first time that he called ahead of time and he said, I've got this idea for a story. It's going to take a lot of research and it's going to deal with things other than medical. Would you like to take this on? I said, of course, I'd be happy to. So we talked for a bit, and I made some notes, and he gave me a rough outline of the storyline. And then I started my work researching a good two months before he started to write the story. And he, twice before, he had tried to uh, write this book back in the 70s, and he just he gave up each time because he was overwhelmed with the amount of research that he was going to have to do. When he starts to write, he wants to be able to go with the story, and be able to just have a quick reference, which was me, on this information. So he tried to write the book twice before. How do you think you made a difference in getting it published this time? Well, I had everything ready for him. I had all the ducks in a row. I mean, I had more information, actually, than what he ever needed. But with our obsessive compulsiveness in medicine, that's the way we do things anyways, right? Right. So it actually was crystal meth instead of crack cocaine. And I remember having to watch this TV series, Breaking Bad. Great show. Oh, I know, but just such a horrible storyline. Every week watching that, it was sheer torture. Uh, (laughs) But it was all of this information that I pulled together. So then when he needed it, I had it for him. And then he would either call me or send me emails when he had questions. And then as he would write the book, I would get about 50 pages at a time to review and make any suggestions, changes, and such, and send it back to him. All right, so we talked about how Russ Dorr had a character in The Stand. Now, Under the Dome also has a PA character, but this is Eric, or Rusty Everett. And Rusty is a physician assistant, and he plays a major role in this book. Tell us about Rusty, and does he remind you of anyone? We would say that it is a combination of many characters. But basically, it was me at a younger age at a time when Steve and I both lived in the same town in Maine, which is the fictional town in Under the Dome. So it was basically myself in the 70s. Well, and how well did the physician assistant role portray what a real PA does in the book Under the Dome? Well, you've read it. You trained. You trained in orthopedics. You scrubbed in on surgery. You scrubbed in on neurosurgery. I mean, we have a character who has to have a burr hole put in his skull, and that was a real patient of mine years ago fell out of a tree, and it was the ambulance ride to Portland, Maine, where the neurosurgeon had to do this, and he was very gracious and said, hey, you want to scrub? And I said, of course, I'd, I would take every opportunity to see these sort of things. So these are all things that we all do in our practice, 
We don't do the burr hole. We scrub and assist the neurosurgeon. Right. But, uh, but Rusty was in a jam. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he was in a jam. He had one doc who died. Well, your day job is a PA at a medical practice with an appropriately scary name, Hitchcock. Um, <laughs> do you get any ideas from your patients, and do they know that you do this as a side job? Well, <laughs> I've been pretty successful at flying below the radar until Under the Dome came out. And prior to that, once in a while, patients would come in, and I'd get this sideways look, and they'd cock their head, and they'd say, you know... I was just reading the Stephen King book, and they mentioned about a PA by the name of Russ Dorr, and I'm thinking to myself, how many PAs can have that same name in this country? Are you that guy? That's the way it was before Under the Dome, and then it sort of went onto the radar with Wired Magazine, then there were uh, several PA journals that came out. And now there's ReachMD. Yes, and (laughs) Union Leader in Manchester did an article, and a local... TV station did an article, so they really sort of get a kick out of it. Well, you know, you do a lot of the work, and you deserve some recognition for this. And I'm curious, does King get any criticism for having a PA doing his medical research versus a physician? Actually, he doesn't, and he would share some of the letters, and they would always start with, I ordinarily don't read this kind of book, but... You know, I'm stuck in an airport, I'm on vacation, uh, my wife is overcharging my charge card, and I read this story. Did you go to medical school? And he'd send back a note and say, no, I have a friend who's a, a PA. And he never got any criticism that he was using a PA. And actually, several of the reviews of Under the Dome mentioned how well-researched it was. Well, good for you. So a couple quick questions. Who's scarier, you or King? <laughs> <laughs> Well, if you're three years old and you think you're going to have shots, I'm probably more frightening. (laughs) Great answer. (laughs) Who has a wilder imagination? Probably Steve, but I mean, we both have a vivid imagination, which is, I think, one of the reasons why the chemistry's worked so well with us over the years, being buddies. It's that I can sort of be right there in the same plane with him. And what's your favorite King book? That's hard. Really, so far, I'd say Under the Dome until the next book I worked on comes out. But he's got two novellas that he wrote. One was Rita Hayworth and The Shawshank Redemption, and the other is The Body, and that's in a book called Different Seasons. And those are just two absolutely outstanding stories. Well, Stephen King has always been one of my favorite authors, and I love him so much more now. (laughs) So, Russ, thank you so much for coming on the show. My pleasure, Lisa. You've been listening to Partners in Practice on ReachMD XM160. You can download this program and any other program in our library at ReachMD.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Thank you for listening.